1: ah yes that music can only mean one thing i get to see craig smiling freezing face he's traveled all over the world he hasn't been to siberia yet although it's siberian like at minus 27 37 in winnipeg as he's wearing his bright team canada red t-shirt i'm sure that was free welcome mr button cool button hockey podcast episode 32 steve thomas
0: Stevie Thomas, what an underrated player he was. Never drafted, free agent player. Good, good, you know, it's always interesting. You know, NHL Central Scouting just came out with the rankings. And, you know, some kids are going, I can't believe I'm not rated higher. And some kids are going, I can't believe I'm not rated. But you know what? Look at a guy like Stevie Thomas. You know, he wasn't drafted, just kept playing. Eddie Belfort, Hall of Fame, never drafted. Curtis Joseph, never drafted. Marty St. Louis, never drafted. Ooh, that one hurts. You know, I went to Calgary. You know, he was in the he was in the system. And we let him go. Oh boy. I hear about that all the time. 20, 21 years later, Steve, I still hear about it. Can people just forget about it? They can't, they can't. Cause you remember Marty St. Louis. What do you remember? Game six, game six. You remember that? Overtime scores the winning goal breaks the hearts of Calgary Flames fans. And I'm the person that they blame for it. Oh, oh boy. I wish people would forget about it and forgive me.
1: <laughs> I don't blame you. I give Marty credit. Cause I think Marty <laughs> needed to go through the ringers, so to speak coming out of Vermont, right? Where his banner is and everything yeah. else. And sometimes you have to go through the journey. Like Marty had nothing giving, given to him easy. And at one point I thought he was just gonna be an American hockey league player. And what he ended up doing is unbelievable. And I mean, the major awards oh. and the, the, the tree trunk legs and what he was able to do in that era. Like Marty St. Louis as a 23 year old, now, just pile on the awards and stats, you know what I mean? Because guys have time and space, these underage Hughes and Zegris and Marners, they're benefactors of the modern game, which Marty was not back then.
0: But and, and he was 26 27 years old before he even started when he started to really establish himself as a top tier player. I got to share a funny story with you 2004 World Cup, it's in Montreal you know, Tampa Bay has won the Stanley cup and I'm downstairs at the uh, bell center. I'm, I'm standing there with Denny Gauthier and Marty St. Louis is there, Stevie Bejean, who are, who are flames and they know Marty Louis. we would get talking and, you know, Marty very, very gracious. You know, we're talking about it. And he says, I ah, Craig, you know, I'd only scored three or four goals. You know, it's no, I said, Hey, listen, you know, what bottom line is I said, but Marty, you know what I should have known. He goes, why do you say that? I said, well, I watched you play in midget hockey in Quebec. I said, you were great. I said, I watched you play in Vermont. You were great. I said, I watched you play in the minor leagues, and you were great. And I said, if anybody should have known, you should, I should have known. And he turns, he slaps me on the back, and he goes, yeah, you should have (laughs) known. Hey, Gretzky made a bad pass. So you got one wrong, Craig. You're not
1: the only one. Good for Marty on a great career that, of course, also included the New York Rangers. And it is sexy when the the big teams are good. And on Wednesday night on TNT, we had a sexy matchup. When Toronto-Montreal played in the playoffs last year, we were old enough to remember. Producer Bruce doesn't. He wasn't born. Toronto and Montreal. And back in the 70s, it was still a one at least were good, but Montreal was better than great. So they played two series that was still fun to be a part of, but it was sweep sweep and Montreal won the cup both years. They played again. Finally, last year, Montreal won again, uh, Toronto and New York. We got to go back to Bernie Perrant, Vic Hadfield mask in the crowd. And these two teams have been so good at futility over the years, 1940 to 1994. And then nothing. And then people know about Toronto in 1967 and everything else. They played three amazing games this year. Who's better? The Rangers or the Leafs going into the playoffs right now?
0: Yeah, it's a great question. You know, I think you can look at both teams and and say, okay, this is their strengths of their team. And then this is what managers are doing. This is what Chris Drury and Kyle Dubas are doing. They're evaluating their team and going, okay, we played a really good team. Where did they, where were they able to expose some of our weaknesses? And, uh, and what can we do to find a solution to that? that that's what I find fascinating. And, and for me, I, I think they both are challenged in the same way. I think they might be looking for exactly the same type of player. I'm talking about a weighty defenseman on the blue line, a weighty defenseman somebody that can stop you in your tracks and on the cycle. You think back to last year, you think back to the Tampa Bay Lightning, back-to-back Stanley Cups, you think to Montreal. I mean, Montreal is just not very good this year, but think about those blue liners that could just stop you and keep you to the outside and make it really hard, right? You know, I think both the New York Rangers and the Toronto Maple Leafs lack that player. You know, Jacob Trouba is a pretty good player. Hall and Muzzin for the Toronto Maple Leafs, which was such a strong second pairing has been subpar this year. There's no, and the Toronto Maple Leafs have been really good despite them being subpar. And you know, but when I look at their, at their blue life, I'm going to, I think you can expose the Toronto Maple Leafs blue line and their team. And I think that if the the, Toronto might need two of those guys, whereas I I think another guy for the New York Rangers would really help them, but uh, they're both teams. I, I think Toronto probably, has a little bit more pressure on them because of what's happened the last few playoff seasons. The New York Rangers—they might be playing with house money, Mister Coolius.
1: Yep, yeah, and clearly Igor Shosturkin oh. is—he's been the heir apparent for a long time. It feels like what is he eight? No, his last eight games at home, um, the goals against around two, the save percentage around nine forty. And, and there were so many neat storylines in their three-game series. Game one, Shosturkin won. Like, Toronto deserved yeah. a better fate. But you can't just say, oh, we got beat by, we got beat by Karel Vimelka. We got beat by Igor Shosturkin. Oh, well. So what does that mean? You go home? Well, you don't think you're going to meet a good goalie in the playoffs? So clearly, you know, you've got this, are the Leafs still too soft? Or have they always been too soft? Heavy hockey, Capitals, Blues, you know, we've seen Tampa's third line. So the Leafs are trying to figure that out. Ryan Reeves has a great game on Wednesday night, but is Reeves really going to be a factor deep into the playoffs? And Ranger fans say, why not? Reeves hasn't played every single playoff game since he was a Pittsburgh Penguin, Craig. So there's that balance clearly without Muzzin and Hall, the Leafs were missing something last night and their defense fell apart. I could name. Dermott was scared of Reeves. Uh, 37 is Timothy Lilligren. I'm not sure what he was doing late in the set. So they made a lot of mistakes, um, and the Rangers, we think aren't as deep up front as Toronto, but it's from writing the letter Ranger fans got a few years ago to where they are now. They are in house money. And I don't think, I don't think what they do now should be a surprise. I know the analytics and I've talked about it all year. Okay. Boy, they're of course he's not good. They're Dean, all this stuff. Well, maybe they got a Patrick Waugh in there and maybe he he's on the team. So, oh, they got Shusterkin. Well, didn't the Flyers have Perrant's? Didn't uh, Montreal have Dryden? Didn't Sachuk? I'm going way back. Modern era. Wasn't Belfort on the start? Wasn't Hashik? Yeah. That's just part of your team. They drafted him. You could have got him in an earlier round, but you didn't. I can see the Rangers, Caps, Carolina, Pittsburgh, throw them into a blender. And if you say to me, this team came out of the division, I'd say, yep. Like nothing would really, really, really shock me. I just think the Rangers have the best of the four goalies in that division. And we know Craig, they got the second best goalie in the conference and the other one's Russian
0: as well. Yeah. Well, just is such a top-notch goaltender. And, you know, we talk about, you know, uh, henrik lundquist i mean they bought out henrik lundquist i mean because shesterkin was ready to take the reins and you know you look at henrik lundquist to igor shesterkin wow the the, the the not bad right not bad you know it's almost like Hashik to ryan miller not bad you know i mean <laughs> like so when you have goaltending and you know we, we can talk about a lot of different elements of the game but but when you watch the rangers they've you know, it's not about finding ways to win. You know that, that people hang on to that word. Oh yeah, find a way. Well, you just can't keep fine. The, the, they're a group that knows what they're what they're capable of. At, at times, they're they're way more capable than at other times. But you know what? When I talk about weaknesses, you know, Chris Drury and his group, they're looking at where they need to improve. They, they don't want to keep giving up as many chances as they do. They they know it. But you know what? I can tell you this: given the choice of being a team that's out in front like the New York Rangers and trying to fix your problems or being a team that's behind like name a bunch of them and and trying to fix your problems. Who would you rather be? I'm, I'm on the Rangers bandwagon. Okay. So let's see and let's wait and see what they can do. Be that being said, one other thing I'm going to say, and we talk about Shesterkin, we talk about Toronto and everything, you know, the Toronto Maple Leafs had a three, one lead on the road. You know, one of the things that keeps creeping into their game, they, they, they let teams back in. It happened in Vegas. They ended up pulling that one out. They were up three-one. They ended up, to, you know, they could never get on the right side in Arizona. Great goaltending, but I think a big problem for the Toronto Maple Leafs is how they play with the lead. I don't, I don't use protecting the lead anymore. How you play with the lead? I don't like the way they play with the lead because I don't think they make adjustments. I don't think they make the necessary. It's like this is the way we're going to play and we're going to get there's different ways to play at different points in the game. I don't think the Toronto Maple Leafs have been able to put that in the, in the, in, into their game. And the other thing, I'll, I'll say one thing, you know, we're watching the NFL playoffs, right? You know what happened last year in the Super Bowl when Patrick Mahomes was not protected, when his offensive line couldn't play big boy football and heavy football, all Patrick Mahomes did was run around the field, like, you know, like he he had one of those trackers on. I think he ran uh, two marathons during that game as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were chasing him down. If people want to say that heavy hockey and de- de- like hard, heavy hockey doesn't matter for winning, you don't know what you're talking about. And I'll argue with that and, de- and debate it with you to my dying day.
1: Well, oh, I'm with you on that. And for those who talked about the wings changing things, they, they got rid of the quote, goon who couldn't play and skate. That's different. That's different. If someone can only give you link gates or 20 twists, God love them. And they had their role and everything else. Th- this is different and if briefs can move his feet. And I mean, forget about the two goals, which were great. They don't win without him. but that's the dilemma Toronto has. They blew literally two goal leads multiple times in Colorado, Vegas, St. Louis and the Rangers, four of the best teams in the league, were at points in each game. It was wow, they're the best team in the league, and then wow, granted, guys in, guys out, everything else, not playing a lot. I get all the excuses, and they do a lot of good things with puck management. They're a team yep. that does not dump it in when they change, they fake turn, and there you see mckayev or Kerfoot bring it back, they go deed it like. But the puck management, when hmm, it's 3-2, two, there's two minutes to go in the period in St. Louis. What are the odds and analytics of taking a lead into the third in the NHL? History of the league or in the modern era? You win. So let's not make a mistake. One foot in front of our own blue. Oh, my. Oh, oh! game tied. Some of that stuff, if, if that doesn't either change or some other personnel isn't tweaked, like I don't know if you think it's about a race to Ben Sherratt, whether you believe Giordano is not the guy and he's going to Calgary anyway. Uh, John Klingberg isn't the type of defenseman say the least The Rangers need. Like you've got Fox and you got Truba. Like where's Klingberg going to play? The other, it's not the answer. It's it's about a heavy defenseman. You want a Willie Mitchell. You know, you want someone who's going to get in the way. And in, in both teams, if they were to get someone that pushes Keandre Miller, say down, and the new guy plays with Truba, if you believe in Ryan Lindgren, who did make a big mistake last night, that gives the Rangers op- options. In Toronto, clearly it's about, I think, Someone with Muzzin to move Hall down to play with either Travis Dermott or I think Rasmus Sandin is past Dermott. I think Dermott has just not improved. If they don't add a four or a three, four, I'm not saying it's a wasted season, but I'm, the managers know, Craig, you've been in there. They know they're looking at the cap and saying, we can't make a move until we get into March. Then we got space. Then we can get a blank million dollar player. I think if I'm Ken Hughes and we're going to talk about him, the market for bench rod is probably going to be higher than it should be under normal circumstances. Cause a lot of teams will probably want them.
0: Two things I'm going to say, Rasmus Sandin passed Travis Derman Dur- a long time ago. Okay. And like, you know, everything and Jake Muzzin's really struggled. Jake Muzzin has not, is, is not played very well at all. So you know what? Like, it, it's great to talk about what Jake was, what Jake is right now is, is, is not playing very well. And that's not good enough. So, you you know, I'm lumping them both together. Justin Hall and Jake Muzzin were a really good second pair for the Toronto May. They've been, they have not been that. And they keep going on a hope and a prayer. Keep going on a hope and a prayer. They're situational hockey and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Really? That's the term. I don't think they understand situational hockey yet. I'm going to continue to watch to see if they do get it.
1: Who has a better chance to go further in the playoffs before we switch topics right now, Rangers or Leafs.
0: While the Rangers visit their division,
1: they don't have to go through the Florida teams until.
0: Oh, ho ho! no, they don't.
1: <laughs> right, right. Uh, and
0: that's what it is. It's time, like, again, like people don't realize, like, how how important Eric Chernick, Jan Ruta were for the. Yeah, we know how good Hedman is, and we know how good McDonough is, and we know that Sergey is a really good player. But, you know, Chernick and Jan Ruta are so important to that team. Because of the way they play and how they make life difficult for opponents, Toronto doesn't have it. They don't have it.
1: Yeah, to think that Tampa could lose their third line, Tyler Johnson, blah blah blah, and still be the class of the division is is something that says a lot about a lot of people in Tampa Bay and a lot of the personnel they have. And kudos, the other night, first time in my lifetime, I've seen an NHL team dress four defensemen. Um, thank God for Cal Foote. He even played 25 minutes. Victor Hedman played 33, four and a half power play and penalty kill. Four defensemen in LA, Tampa Bay, and they win the hockey game. This is in Vegas when they had to dress five because they couldn't afford the Bogosian was hurt, Ruda was hurt, Chernak was hurt. They had to go with four and they won. And Victor Hedman, as good as McCar is, I think Hedman is healthy like he wasn't last year and he's probably the best all around defenseman. i not just using that game as a sample because it was great. Craig, four defensemen. I know your Dallas Stars used to dress six, wink, wink,
0: and you guys used to no, play. No, no, no. Ludwig and Chambers played. Craig Ludwig and Sean Chambers played. The, we we had four, but those guys were really important as our as our third pair. No, and then we did. Go back to the Montreal Canadiens. Yes, and they're the team with Savard, Robinson, Lapointe, Engblom played, Langway played some. The, the, that's that's who played. Like who else played? Like, they could play that many minutes, and that's how and that's how they did play. Our yeah. team in Dallas had six defensemen that played, and Sean Chambers and Craig Ludwig were really good. Just like I mentioned, Chernick and Root and those guys, Victor Hedman's the best defenseman in national hockey. Yeah. He's the best defenseman in national hockey. That doesn't mean he's the best defenseman every year. That's where the Norris Trophy goes to. That doesn't mean Cale McCarr isn't a good Roman Yossi. The best defenseman in the NHL is Victor Hedman.
1: And I I second that. And he did. He was hurt last year. wasn't the same. I still, given a vote, would have voted for Kale McCarr. I think he lost on not playing as many games, and that's fine. But the Kale McCarr, Adam Fox of the young kids moving forward will be great to watch. But right now, he is a Viking. Victor Hedman is a Viking out there in the way he is playing. Uh,
0: a Viking. A Viking.
1: A Viking, they the, say
0: in uh, Sweden.
1: A Viking. Yeah. He, and he looks like one. He could play some part in a movie, so I can see him with a sword and... What are we going to conquer next? Kent uh, Hughes. I like what Montreal does when they do ceremonies, uh, the tradition. They, they could even make a press conference sexier. They bring the clock down and everything else. So job one, two, three, Ford. Quality is job one. Okay. Build a new F1 Ford 150. W- what do you got in Montreal about evaluating? You've been there before. You got to be patient. You evaluate. What do you think he does? What would you do first?
0: Well, I, you know, here, here's what I: Jeff Molson wanted more voices in decision making, not less. Hires Jeff Gordon. Jeff Gordon now brings in Kent Hughes. It, it's not stopping there. They got to add more people. They got to add people that will that will support their skills. There's areas where where Kent Hughes, uh, you know, lacks, and Jeff Gordon lacks. So they got to fill that in. I'll give you an example: Steve Eiserman. Steve Eiserman goes to the Tampa Bay Lightning. He's got a he's got a great playing career. He's learned under Kenny Holland. And he goes, okay. What do I need? I need Julian Bresbow. Well, Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon come with, with different skill sets and good skill sets, but but they need some other people in there. You you want diverse opinions. You want uh, opinions that can, as Jeff Molson said, we want more voices. But you got to have those those diverse opinions. So 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 the Jeff did his work. It'll continue on with now Ken having some. Here's the first thing that Kent, it's what, it's what Jeff did. It's not what Kent has to do. familiarize yourself with the players on your team. That's what you got to do. And if you have the time now to the trade deadline, the Montreal Canadians have lots of players that have interest around the league that there's no question about it. So what you have to do is, is understand of, the, of our young players. What do we have? What do we have? That's where Kent's got to go in. And it's not from afar. It's about evaluate them with, with under a microscope. And understanding okay here's where we're at here's what we got to do here's what we can consider come trade deadline because if you're not sure about what you have uh in your own in your own organization guess what flip a coin then you're starting to flip a coin you're not working the odds in your favor to make to make to make shrewd and smart transactions so that's the that's the first job for ken hughes they're going to hire other people and that's what they have to do the first job for ken hughes I need to go and watch and I need to really know these players. And that dovetails right into, it's also Dominic Ducharme, you know, Dominic Ducharme, the conversation has to be had with Dominic Ducharme. Here's what we're doing. We are playing young players. We want to evaluate player A, B, C, D, E, F. In these situations, you're going to have to play them there. And, and, you know, people go, well, it's his job. Listen, you know, at the end of the day, you're the coach. You got to take the direction because this isn't about the coach and trying to win. Cause they're not winning in Montreal. This is about the future. Those are the, that, that's the two things that have to happen in Montreal immediately.
1: So it doesn't feel to me that after all the evaluation, Dominic Ducharme will be the coach next year, but, but let's talk about the players. Now the team is too good when healthy. So so if we never see Weber again. And then we don't know about price. Is he going to be back in March? Is he going to play? Does he want to facilitate a trade where they eat salary? They're not on paper when Toffoli and Anderson and, you know, you name it up front, Caulfield's got one goal. Like, he's going to score more. I I predict he scores more goals next year in the NHL. Right now, put it here. Put it on Sports Interaction. (laughs) Cole Caulfield scores more goals next year than he does this year. They got Nick Suzuki. uh, The Kotkiniemi ship long sailed. But, you know, where are we on Toffoli? Like, are, are we keeping? Are we thinking about... Getting rid of these guys, the money's good. The contracts are like five and change and four. It's not crazy. Like they came in the other night and scored. Christian Dvorak, come on, there's too much here for them to be when they're all healthy, all hands on deck, minus Weber, but adding eventually like they got price as an asset. Either at the $10 million, they got a trade or they got price. At worst, I'd like to think they're at least in 78 to 84 point team. I mean, that's still not good enough. Don't get me wrong. So where are you on evaluating those guys and tweaking, tearing
0: down or staying in the course? Are you wearing Montreal Canadians bike shorts? Are you wearing a Montreal Canadians t-shirt or something? What, are, you you think- del- are you delusional? Are you are, are you one of those fans that fell in love with this Montreal Canadians team that went to the Stanley cup final they had this wonderful, magical mystery tour. You know, all the players you mentioned last year, okay, were, were a big part of Montreal being a really, really weak team last year. They had a great start three weeks, like at the beginning of the 21 season. And they probably had another 10 days where they were really good. And after game four of the playoffs, then they took off. They had, they had Carey Price, Shea Weber, all those guys. And they weren't very good, Steve. They weren't very good. And so, you know, everybody goes back to the Stanley Cup run. You know, 56 games during the regular season last year, Montreal wasn't very good with all they those They weren't very healthy
1: for the 56 either. They're, they oh, had well, health, right? well,
0: healthy. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were. They had to the, the, – listen, do you know where the Montreal Canadiens would have been last year if it wasn't for Jake Allen? They would have been out of the playoffs. Jake Allen saved their season. It wasn't Carey Price. Carey Price came in and performed great in the playoffs. But during the regular season, Jake Allen got him in. It was Jake Allen's play. So you're you're going to tear down. Let's be really careful about it. No, what I'm saying is you better look at this through clear, clear lens, clear lens. And that's what Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon better do. A clear lens. Not what you, remember what I always say, Steve, and you know this, you better not look at your team as you thought it is or hope that it was or wish that it was or plan for it was. you better see it as it is. It's not a very good team. Okay. And it wasn't a very good team last year. They got on a run. It was magnificent. I give them full marks for it. Okay. They need to evaluate who stays, who goes, who stays, who goes.
1: Well, I'm asking and you, I'm, does Gallagher well, stay or I go? Does, does the fully stay? Gallagher, or
0: go? Okay. Gallagher's got a, got a long-term contract. Like, like, where's he going? Who, who, who wants Brandon Gallagher? Okay. We love Brandon. We love the way he plays. The contract's a big problem. The pro- the, for Brendan Gallagher, right now, the contract's a big problem. Kerry Price, I don't know where, he would, like you know, what his timetable is. I mean, he's trying to trying to re- rehabilitate a knee injury. You know, trying to trying to get settled in his life, which is really important. Shea Weber, all indications are he's not coming back. Ben Schrott's out the door. You know, Joel Edmondson's had his challenges, but you know, this is where you better look at it. Steve. What I'm telling you is, I don't know. I don't know. But I know if I'm sitting in Montreal, I'm going through and saying, everything's on the table. Everything's on the table. I'm not taking anything off the table, everything. And I'm going to listen, I'm going to explore and under try to understand what it means. I don't think you just snap your fingers and go, he stays, he goes. If somebody comes and offers you a really good, a really good trade package for Tyler Toffoli, you take it. Wouldn't you? So I'm not oh, going to sit okay. here and say, but I'm not yeah. going to sit here and say, "Oh yeah, you trade this guy or that guy.
1: You got to yeah, evaluate. I'm, I'm, of course, I'm not making it sound as if that I wouldn't. Of course, I'm willing to listen to everything. I want Nick Suzuki as a centerpiece of either my first line center, or if you think he really is, and if he's a two, well, where am I going to get a one? It's not going to be Shane Wright right away anyway. If I even get Shane Wright, remember the odds of, 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 of all of that. So I agree about the evaluation. I agree about any trade offer. I'm just trying to be realistic about how bad or how good certain players are. And when I think I've got a Gallagher, a Toffoli, a Josh Anderson, of course, when healthy, there are health issues. A Cole Caulfield, a Nick Suzuki, a Christian Dvorak. You know, I'm not naming, you know, the 74, 75 capitals, I don't think. Like, I'm trying to really think, oh, my goodness, what do I have here? And if nobody wants any of them, then they got to stay in a way, right? They got to stay. If some people want to pick and match some of the guys, I get it. And I don't think they were ever as good ever as the run. I agree with you. I don't know how bad they were. And I don't know where in normalcy it would all kind of settle out. I, I don't. So hopefully they get a whole bunch of games in February, probably at home. And it's a mini training camp and it's an evaluation camp. It's almost glorified pro scouting for recruiting to see if you're going to be a hab in the future. I get all that, but I'm even interested to say to myself, like, is is it over for some of these guys? Not just in Montreal, but like, are they on the decline? Uh, Where are we with Gallagher and everything else? I, I don't think under any scenario, they are in Arizona's neighborhood. They are now, and they deserve to be for what's happened this year. I'd like to think that that area code I'm going to guess even if it's one area coat up, even if they're on the, even if they're on the other street, I have to believe from what I've seen in these guys before and what I'm seeing now that they're better than that. That's, that's where I would start my evaluation, but then clean slate and go from here. And I know what you're saying. You're going to Missouri me. Okay. Tyler DeFoley, Josh Anderson, Brendan Gallagher, Nick Suzuki. call Everybody show me. And I get that. And you've been there before. It's showtime for, for these guys. And it'll be fun to a certain extent for Hab fans to go, okay, it's all about next year. Now when they play all those games in February.
0: And and understand, I agree with you. I don't think that uh, given everything they've gone through this year, I don't think they're uh, you know, they're, they're, I think they're capable of more, but how much more is the question? Mm -hmm. And you know what? 80 points doesn't cut it. (laughs) So you can say they're an 80 point team. It doesn't cut it you know, uh, you, you got to look at, and I'll tell you about, a tr- about trades. And and I remember, and, and, you know, at, at, at a future date, I'm going to talk about this gentleman because I think he belongs in the hall of fame and that's Pierre Lacroix. And the reason I bring up Pierre, you know, Kent Hughes as an agent, he takes over as general manager. Pierre Lacroix was a very successful agent. He came in to the Quebec Nordiques and ultimately the Colorado, but Pierre phoned me when I was in Calgary and he started exploring and asking me, uh, you know, if, if, if he asked for uh, Derek Morris, what would I be looking for in return? And I said, well, Derek Morris is a really good defenseman. I said, if you're asking for Derek Morris, and I said, we're, we're hypothetical right here. He goes, oh, yeah. He goes, just if I asked. And I said, well, I would ask, I would say I would need Chris Drury. And he said, Oh, that's too much for, I can't do that. And I said, well, you asked me, I'm just telling you, I can't trade Derek Morris or consider trading Derek Morris. If it's not Chris Drury, the dance went on for six months. The dance went on for six months. And and I love Pierre. I did. I, we we, 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 we had, we had a couple of dinners together. We had a couple of lunches together. I always enjoyed Pierre. I always enjoyed him. Knew him for a long time. And He finally phoned me right before the beginning of the 2002 03 season. He said, Okay, you always said it was Chris Drury. Like if Derek Morris, if I said yes now, are you still serious? I said, I told you all along, we had the deal done in two hours. Wow. I love those stories. Those are great.
1: Uh, The inner workings of uh, the general managers. I love it, Craig. Those things are great and they're, they're money and the fans love to hear it.
0: Yeah. And, 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 you know, Pierre Lacroix is a Hall of Famer. He does. He needs to be in the Hall of Fame. He he had a Hall of Fame career. We talk about the builders category. He was a builder in every single regard.
1: All right. Time now for KB on Ice. An inside look at the NHL brought to you by our very good friends at Sports Interaction. Sports Interaction is, Craig, as you know, Canada's sports book. Yes, that oh, a brand new shirt. You're spending your winnings already, eh? That's winnings for
0: you betting against the Flyers. So you bought flyer colors, didn't you? (laughs) This is red. This is Canada red. This is the official Beijing 2022 Olympic wear. Anyway, here's what I'm gonna tell you. Congratulations, you finally won a game. You picked Carolina over the Bruins. Uh, You know you were due. That's what I was gonna say. You were due. But I'll tell you what, I'm going all in tonight on National Predators at home. They didn't have a very good game last time, and the Winnipeg Jets are hurting. They don't have Nikolai Ehlers. Central Division matchup, I'm in. National Predators at home. I'm taking
1: the Edmonton Oilers. Yep, yeah, those Oilers that are reeling, that are fighting with the media, that can't get a save, that are 210 <laughs> and two, 210 and two in their last 14. They're taking on Florida. Florida's on the road. They're not the same team on the road. Look at the numbers. They didn't look good against Calgary. The Alberta two-step. McDavid's due. sidle's due. The Oilers are due. Plus, Sports Interaction says, if I take the Oilers, I also get a puck and a half. I'm taking the Oilers, and I'm going to throw in the McDavid gets two
0: points, Craig. How do you like them apples? Well, I'm going to add, like, the, the, the real key to this. The Oilers are pissy. They're in a pissy mood, and that's enough to carry them to a win. This has to end for the Oilers. I'm with you, Mr. Coolius.
1: Yes. You like the Preds. I like the Oilers. I'll take the puck and a half. It's going to be a fun night and weekend of hockey watching. If you want to get in on the action, check out all NHL odds, props, and totals at SIA.com. That's SIA.com. And sign up today, folks, at sportsinteraction.com forward slash cool button pod to place your bet. Sports Interaction is Canada's sports. The schedule coming out in January was a very exciting time usually it's in july and craig you're sipping piña coladas and i am a few molsons deep which i'm not on right now because i'm in my january cleanse i'm down about 8 or 9 and i've only drank water and a little bit of coffee and that's been it but anyway now the schedule's out and there's a lot of games we're using our february time wisely which you and i said that the league would others didn't and we both laughed. We laughed like Fred Flintstone. <laughs> what? Uh, and now they're using the some teams are playing eight, nine games in those 16 days. We're all made up. We're ending on it we we're ending on April 29th, and it's all good. So your level of concern of cramming, or do you just say, suck it up, Buttercup? This is what we gotta do. And it's the same for most teams, and some of the teams that have got a lot of games already in the bank. You're not going to catch them anyway, or they stink. You know who you are. Anyway, where are you on the schedule? I was excited to see the schedule.
0: Shout out, shout out to Steve Hatsapetros. He does, make give us some work with the schedule. And so, and it's, I'm glad you brought it up. Oh yeah, every, yeah, oh, yeah. I, I talk about all the people that tell us that they know and they don't know. And there's more evidence of it. Uh, what I will say is, is do I have level of concern? My level of concern, zero. Nice. When it comes to the schedule. Now, we know with the pandemic that it, that that in and of itself can create speed bumps or, you know, blockages. <laughs> we saw that. Let's just say we're, we're moving forward now. Post-All-Star game, no testing of asymptomatic players. So, so another step, and, and they're using that off their health experts. So, you know, I said that the NHL, since the beginning of this pandemic in March 2020, they've been exemplary in, in their practices. So now zero concern with the schedule. Oh, oh, you got to, I read the other day, somebody's got to play 11 games in 21 days. Oh boy. One game every other day. Oh, how hard is that? And I'm not here to, I know how demanding it is and, and whatnot, but you're not playing 11 games in 15 days. Yeah, okay, like, so I don't I, like, you know, you, you, you've had time off, you know, injuries get to be healed. You've you got little, little injuries, bigger injuries. You get, a, you get your lineup back forward, which is what all coaches want. My level, I think it's great. I think it's great. And, you know, as you know, Steve, uh, you anticipated that uh, once the NHL players were not going to Beijing for the Olympics that they were going to use that time to reschedule the games. It's why they were so comfortable postponing games to get through the variant. And now here we have it. It's out there. It'll be exciting. It'll be exciting.
1: Do you think fans in Canada will be gradual through February? I know it's only a a guesstimate. The belief is in Ontario next week, there's going to be some good news. Let's say March 1st, March 1st, law, March comes in like a lion. Ah. Will we be back, do you think, realistically at full capacity, or are you going to push that back?
0: I don't know. Honestly, like, you know what? I have no problem saying I don't know because, you know, know, the health authorities uh, in Canada, across the provinces, I mean, uh, Edmonton and Calgary are playing with 50% capacity, right? You know, other places, I mean, there's none in Quebec. You know, there's none in Ontario and, you know, out in Manitoba, you can have 250 people in the building. So we, we have different we have different uh, uh, regulations. Right. I have to think. No, I, I don't have to think. I, I know this. The NHL is talking to the Canadian authorities all the time. They're trying to get a feel. OK, here, here's the schedule we're trying to put out. You know, what kind of guidance can you give us? Like, you know, what are you thinking? And and, and so now you, there's modeling and, okay, here's where we think we can be at. And whether that timeline is February 1st, February 10th, February 20th, March 1st, right? The NHL, when they put out that schedule and the, and the Canadian NHL teams have a really good understanding at this point in time of, of what it could look like with, with capacity. Because remember, postponed games due to attendance restrictions,
1: Big difference, big difference. Uh, We hope to see the fans back in the stands at full capacity very soon. And we know the game of hockey is mostly about the fans. Before final thoughts, we'd like to welcome another new sponsor to the program, Ultimate Hockey Fans. This isn't a person or a group of people. This is an unbelievable hockey product that everyone needs for their hockey basement. I'm going to order one, but I don't know what I want to order. Team Canada, uh, Minor Hockey, Whitby, Aurora, Guelph. I'm not sure, but when I saw this, Craig, I'm getting one. I can't believe that we have not seen this before.
0: What's unbelievable about Ultimate Hockey Fans is that you have an idea, a vision for your hockey basement, your hockey den, a picture, a lamp, a light. Ultimate Hockey Fans can bring it to life. They can make it for you. Unbelievable product. You need to look at what they can do for you. I sent
1: the lightning puck light to John Cooper. So he's mulling it over and he might get, he might get a lamp of a two-time Stanley Cup. He might wait because it might be three with the way they're playing. Paul Cohen is our buddy. He runs the whole thing. Craig, he played in the American Hockey League. He was a pretty good goalie in his day. Uh, nothing's going by Cohen, they used to say. Although, <laughs> look at
0: his stats. They did, but he scored a goal in the American League. He actually shot. He Ron Hextall did into the net. Can you believe that? He Paul Cohen did. Because Ron Hextall <laughs> never scored in the American Hockey League.
1: <laughs> yes, no, but we know what he did in the National Hockey League, uh, folks. For more information uh, or to place an order with the cool button discount, go to Ultimate Hockey Fans dot com forward slash cool button pod. You'll get the discount. Check it out. If you love it, click and do your thing and pass it on to all your friends. Ultimatehockeyfan.com. This is a lot of fun. Okay, Mr. Craig button in the time that we've got left a couple minutes. It's always interesting to hear your, and I like to think my final thoughts, what's on your mind. Episode 32. What do you want to leave us
0: with heading into next time? What do I want to leave you with? Alexander Ovechkin is such an unbelievable player and watching him on Tuesday night versus the Winnipeg Jets. You, you know, we, we know we, we, see about skilled players and, and Sydney Crosby falls into the same exact category. Not only are they still at the top of their game skill wise, they are still passionate about being the best players. They are still High, high-end competitors. It, it like they want to win in the worst way. Uh, Alex goes down on a play. Josh Morrissey ties him. Alex is looking up at the Jumbo the Jumbotron and like yeah, that should have been a penalty. Like you know, they're so dialed in and they're they want to be the best every single shift. And to watch them play. And again, I've said this so many times. How lucky are we? How lucky are we since 2005, right now into early 2022 to have these two players playing great. And, Steve, I will say this. I'm going to give myself a little pat on the uh, left shoulder and a pat on the right shoulder. I believed in the Penguins long ago. I said once they get back playing, that Penguins team is really, really good.
1: I'll give you credit for that. Uh, the success with the Capitals traditionally and the Penguins has been eighty-seven, seventy-one, 71 or Backstrom Kuznetsov. The Avalanche with McKinnon and Kadri. I've heard people say, well, it's a career year. he will never do it again. First of all, how do you know and be, so what if it is like, so if he gets 35 goals and a hundred points, I mean, kudos to him for carrying the team in the early going with all they went through. And I got to give Nazem credit. The fact he had to be last man in voted in, I don't even want to go there for the, you know, what a season, what a story. And he's got to get it in the postseason. He, 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 you know, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. But fool me once, fool me twice. Like Nazem, please, for your sake and the avalanche sake, nothing like Falk, nothing like the Bruins. Um, I think he's learned. It's taken a long time. Shame on him if it happens again. But shout out you for Ovi and the Penguins, and shout out me for Nazem Kadri. I mean, this is a wow
0: season. Wow, those guys and he have wowed us. Hey, listen, listen, so what? You had a career year. You're having a career year. I'll take it every time. I'll take a career year from Khan. And I'm with you. I mean, Naz is such a great competitor and he wears his, he wears his heart on his sleeve and, you know, we, we can talk about what happened with the suspensions in the playoffs. And, and he knows, he knows as well as anybody. It didn't, it didn't help the team. I think he's learned. And I, and more than that, the Colorado Avalanche and the players and everybody there they've told Naz how important he is and we need you with us because we can compete for the Stanley Cup with you playing and playing the way you are we have a tough time with you out of our lineup and Naz wants to win
1: well we'll end like we started uh, other teams will be stumped uh, trying to stop <laughs> uh, 29 and 91 if they're both rolling in the postseason and kids It doesn't matter if you're drafted or not. It's what you do when it really, really matters. Believe in yourself and until episode 33, be good, be safe, and we'll talk to you then.